Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play development, and all that other stuff that falls in between. World changers, I am glad to be with y'all another Sunday. Oh man, yes. Look, last week we talked about parent stress and developmental delays and finding outcomes. Today we're going to do part two of that same topic, but we're going to expand it a little bit. We're going to talk specifically about the relationship between expressive language delays and parent stress. Why? Because world changers, it's a real thing for some of you world changers out there. And it kind of gets to be a little bit of a taboo subject where world changers feel kind of bad that they're not feeling a hundred percent excited that they cannot communicate with their sugars the way that they want to, or they feel like their sugars may not be able to communicate with them the way that they would expect for their sugars to communicate. Or it may even be an outlook thing, like what is life going to look like for my sugar? And so that caused perceived worries and stressors and things that can possibly come along with that. And I always preface it with possibly, but I gotta give y'all a PSA. I have to do it. Y'all know. I ain't a psychologist. And so talking about parent stress kind of tap dances on their lane, but not enough for me to like clinically diagnose because that ain't what I'm doing. That's not my lane. That's not how I roll. I stay in my own happy speech and language lane. I am good here. But I do like tackling topics like these because these are things that not only I've personally experienced in clinic, but also it's my research. It's what I'm interested in understanding. What helps you, world changer? What is it out there that you need in order to get the information that you need so where you're feeling better about just being a good parent? Whatever that means to you, getting you to that place to where you feel like you have understanding, to where you have enough education, to where you have enough tools in your belt to work with your sugar, but also acknowledging that, you know, there could be some feelings along the way with that. And I'm here to tell you, that's cool. But also when it's time to get some outside support, y'all. So let's get this party started. Last week, I gave you guys a definition of parent stress. And parent stress, it's an experience of distress or discomfort. And it results from demands associated from the role of parenting, specifically from the role of parenting. This is different than just stress, stress induced situations. You know, baby was up all night and you didn't get sleep you have a long work day ahead of you, that's a stressful situation. But parenting stress is something that's usually a little bit more ongoing. It does give you some distress or discomfort. And to me, it lasts a little bit longer than just a seasonal thing. It could definitely be an incidental thing. But for me, when it becomes a red flag is when it becomes, this is just our norm. This is how we're living. And it's not just a season. And some factors associated with that includes depression, anxiety, marital discord, and some other environmental factors. And when I throw out that word, that simply means life happened. Life is happening. Life happens and it's happening to you and it happens to all of us at some point. But usually we're able to kind of deal with that stress, especially if it's related to our sugars and kind of push on to the next season or adapt to it. And again, parent stress, it varies from family to family but it can increase based on developmental delays. It can. It doesn't mean that it does for everyone, but for some, it does. But 
what I found in most research and what I found with most parents in clinic that your perception, so your outlook, your attitude, your information, and your support can all play a major role in how this kind of plays out and how you kind of perceive things and how we kind of perceive and deal with things. So let's get to the real question. I'm throwing it out there today, y'all. I'm feeling that way. Can an expressive language delay cause increased stress? Well, what's an expressive language delay? Let's even start there. What you, you might be scratching your head like, what are you even talking about? What is, what is an expressive language delay? If you listen to my show enough, then you know by now what an expressive language delay is. Or if you have a sugar at home with an expressive language delay, then you know what an expressive language delay is. Or maybe you have an idea about it or you saw it on an IFSP or IEP or somewhere around there. But an expressive language delay is literally a gap in meeting language milestones, expressive language milestones for that matter. So maybe not picking up vocabulary, maybe not picking up words, or maybe picking up some vocabulary, but a little bit sluggish, or maybe picking up vocabulary and not necessarily using it. But there's different milestones during this time. From that birth to three time, we are expecting by the time sugar turns three, that they have everything that they need foundationally in order to be an effective communicator with you and with people around them. And so by 12 months, we expect to hear first words. By 18 months, we expect 10 words or more. By 24 months, we expect for sugar to have 50 words. By 24 months, we expect sugar to be using five to seven new words a week. And by 36 months, we expect them, and this is on the low end for sugar to have 300 or more words. And honestly, world changers, by 24 months, you and sugar should be taking simple conversational exchanges. So I talk, you listen, and then you talk and respond. And then I talk and follow up and it goes back and forth. And usually around this time, there's some assertion. So you're going to hear a lot of no's during this time and a lot of negation and a lot of good stuff like that because sugar's really asserting themselves. That is the language boom because they're flexing their muscle. They're flexing all that new vocabulary and your sugar during this time should be able to tell you what they want and what they need and why they want it and why they need it. And they start to become little advocates for themselves. And it's really cute and it's really bossy because they're again, trying to flex that, that muscle that, Hey, I got this language. I got this voice and I'm going to use it. They should also be able to describe things to you. Very simple. It's kind of like archaic. It's not the greatest description, but it's enough to get by, right? And they should also be able to explain their feelings and their experiences. Now, when they're not doing that, and when they're not doing that during certain time frames, we consider that a gap in expressive language development, or we call that an expressive language delay. And so it's really the ability of being able to use words. It has nothing to do with understanding words and then following through what, what we ask them to do. That is our receptive language. But expressive language is specifically that, vocabulary. And this is tricky. This is very, very tricky for most world changers out there. And the reason why it's so tricky is because we start to think to ourselves, what's wrong with my sugar? the communication starts to break down. If they're unable to communicate their wants and their needs, then chances are behaviors are probably setting in. New behaviors, tantrums are getting longer, more of the uh, 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 or the whining sounds or the crying sounds. And those for moms and dads, it triggers something in the brain to where 
it's saying that something's wrong with sugar. And when you constantly hear that throughout the day, it could be stressful because it's a trigger for like, hey, let me help, let me help. But if that's being used, that behavior is being used in place of using conversational turns or exchanges throughout the day, that's rough to deal with for any world changer, which then can lead to relationship breakdown because now either you're avoiding communicating with them or you're over anticipating what they need to avoid having to listen to the breakdown, to avoid having to listen to the whining, to avoid having to listen to the fussing. And and it becomes this thing to where like you're peeking behind desk and hide behind corners or moving really quick. Like here, just take it all. Just here, take it here. Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? And then you become like the magical guesser. And if you don't guess the right thing, then they're frustrated and you're frustrated and you guys stay mad at each other all the time. These are real things that happen. And so this is what the process usually looks like when there's an expressive language delay and there's that gap there to where, you know, you as the world changer, you're trying your hardest to get them to either communicate or you're over talking for them and saying, say this, say that, say this. And then if they don't say it, then you're frustrated. Or if they say it, you ask them to say it five different times to the point of where sugar's like, I don't want to say it anymore. And then they just stop talking and trying all together. And that's another breakdown in the relationship because it becomes like these demands that nobody necessarily wants to deal with. So we stay away from the word say. We don't say say about anything. But it also can lead to guilt. Guilt is real. I may not be meeting my sugar's needs. I can't meet my sugar's needs. I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good mom because they're not talking. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with what I'm doing. Maybe I shouldn't have let them watch that extra episode of Elmo. Maybe I shouldn't have let them play at the part. Like, and, and then it starts to be like, some of the things are a little bit nonsensical. Some of them may be a little bit valid, but it doesn't make you a bad parent, but it does like some world changers harness that guilt and that can become a major stressor. And so what can you do? Because these things are all real. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, hey, you shouldn't feel bad. You shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't like, it's unnatural to feel stressed out. That's a recipe for disaster to tell you that your feelings aren't real, that that discomfort isn't real, that the distress and the demands that are being placed on you aren't real. Like that's not right. It's not cool. I would never tell you guys that. But what I would say is that the feelings are normal. And I'd also say, be patient with yourself and be patient with your sugar. Because within that, that stress, that possible stress, right? This is if you're experiencing this, you might not be. But within that, it's time to start looking for some answers and some hope and some what can I do? Because you don't want to get stuck in the stress to the point of where it turns into depression or just unhappiness all the time and it becomes so consistent to the point to where you can't get out of it because there's these constant demands and you're in constant distress and you're in constant mayday mode and so it is totally natural to feel stressed out if sugar isn't using their language especially if behavior is replacing that language and it's okay because this is supposed to be the time that the language boom is taking place. Just like sugar knows they're supposed to be using language, you know when they're supposed to be using language or at least having an idea or at least observing kids, whether it's on TV, family members, out in the community, whenever you're around community, you kind of get an idea now. Even during wellness checks, doctors are asking questions now. It's pretty routine 
for doctors to ask questions about your sugar's expressive language development and how many words they have. Like that's popping up more and more. And so if it's not happening, it could be an unhappy or scary place. But again, we don't want to get stuck in that that stress and we don't want to get stuck in that fear, but it's okay to have that. And it's okay to acknowledge feeling that, you know, this doesn't feel right. But what you want to start doing during this time is really starting to figure out what is my sugar good at so I can play upon those, those strengths. And what can I do during this time to make sure that sugar is getting what they need? And what can I do for myself to not get into this mayday mode all the time? And so that's where your support group really comes into play. And so you start at home. For me, I believe starting at home is crucial. You start at home with your parenting partner. You start at home with the people who are closest with you because honestly, they can provide perspective and a good sounding board. And they may not be stressed out. And so by you sharing your feelings, they can share their feelings and express why they're not stressed out Or you can find out that both of you guys are stressed out together and why you guys are feeling that way. Because you guys might both be feeling stressed out, but for different reasons as it relates to the expressive language development, right? It might be one of you guys are concerned about future, about the future of your little sugar. The other one of you might be more so concerned about the behaviors that are coming along with it because you're there throughout the day and you're having to deal with these behaviors and it may be becoming increasingly worse. And so... It's good to have that that sounding board. It's good to have that other person to listen to you. It's good to have that other person around to give you the feelings of it's going to be okay. I'm feeling this way as well or I'm not feeling this way and this is what this is what I do. So, I would start there. Because honestly, the balance of perspective, it can really help you guys both cope through that process. And it lets you guys both know that you're not alone. Another thing that you can do to decrease that stress, if sugar has expressive language delays, if sugar has gaps in language development, find a speech therapist on asha.org. Finding a local speech therapist will help you through that process. Or you can even book me to coach you um, through the process. I don't do weekly sessions, but just coaching you through the process, giving you a sounding board, That's something that you could do as well. You can find that information at I'veGotThisKid.com. Also, I'm hosting parent webinars that focus on language play behaviors, and you can find all of that at I'veGotThisKid.com website. And if the stress is becoming overwhelming to the point to where you can't get through the day and your personal activities of daily living are not being handled, then you should seek out mental health support. I am a firm advocate and believer that if you need help, go get it. You shouldn't be an island. You should never be an island. Remember, I was talking about last week being stuck up on that pole and then we have to catch you and get you down because you're so stressed out that you can't cope anymore. We don't want you to get to that place. And even if you are in that place right now, crying out Mayday, then let's get some help. Let's get some support around that. Let's get some people around us who can help us work through these feelings and work through what's reality and not reality. Because sometimes we can get into our own head to the point of where we are just not effective. Also, find a local support community. I can't overemphasize the importance of local community support. Local community support groups 
community support agencies, sometimes just having these gaps in knowledge of what's normal and what's not, sometimes it can even be a tweak in changing up behaviors because a lot of times expressive language delays and behaviors go hand in hand. And it gets to the point to where the world changer can't tell the difference between if their child is behavioral or if it really is an expressive language delay. And maybe just simple strategies need to be implemented to help sugar increase their use of expressive language. Or maybe there's not an expressive language delay at all and sugar just needs a little bit more boundaries from the people around them to stop having those same behaviors and be challenged to use those words. So it could definitely be that as well. So find some local support because there's usually someone there who's a little bit older and a little bit wiser and who's been there. And there's someone who's usually there who's right up under you who can use that extra cheerleading and you can say, hey, I've been here. Hey, I know what that feels like. Hey, I understand. And you can give them that extra support. So please do not do not overlook finding local support. Finally, ask your pediatrician about local agencies, about parenting support groups, because if you can't find any on your own, please ask people around who know a little bit more and have a little bit more information than you, because hearing it again from others can really help the process. Just make sure that it's productive. Make sure that they're not just, it's a support group that's supporting only negative feelings and not positive feelings or only attacking, you know, and not necessarily being proactive. World changer, I'm all about being proactive. We acknowledge but and we pick up the pieces and we get proactive and we get proactive quick because we don't want to put ourselves in a position to where it just becomes just one big fuss show and we're not making any progress and we're not connecting, growing and learning with our sugar. And the final, final, what is my team's role to help me manage or am I simply on my own? I mean, here's the deal. Your team should be helping you reduce the stress as it relates to an expressive language delay based on strategies that they're giving you, knowledge that they're giving you. What is an expressive language delay? What does it look like? How is your sugar's expressive language delay playing out? Because it doesn't always look the same. Is it situational? Does it only happen with you? Is it happening in school? Are you noticing different trends? What are the triggers? Is it during transitions? So finding like support from your team, giving you that extra knowledge to help you understand what's going on with sugar is the first thing that I say is helpful in decreasing that stress. Also, not just having the knowledge, but strategies. What do I do? What is my map? Where is my map? How can you get me from A to B to make sure that I can do what you do, clinician at home? How can you help me help my sugar? Or how can I adapt what you're doing to make it work for us? Because we all need real tools and it's no point of getting a hammer when you really need a screwdriver to do the job. So I say all that to say that make sure that you're getting strategies and tools and techniques that you really can carry out at home. Start asking for support. Again, I kind of went over this. Show me what to do. And not only show me one time, but show me again and again and give me feedback on how I'm doing. Am I even doing it right? Does this look right? Is my sugar responding to me the way that they're supposed to? What should I be looking for my sugar? What should we be looking at outside of they need to speak 50 words by such and such date? What does it look like to get through that first five words? 
What does it look like to get to those 10 words? How do I use their environment? That iPad that they love so much, can I use that as a tool to help me with communication? Can I use their favorite game? Show me how to build in language. Show me how to get to that, not just throw out some abstract number and I have no clue with what to do. How do I build up conversation? How do I even get sugar to be interested in me to communicate with me? And it's until we have those questions of like, where are these gaps? And when I'm saying we're reflecting, we're really reflecting on where are these gaps at and what don't I know? And what do I need to know in order to get to where I need to go? What if sugar is breaking down in public all the time? How do I deal with that? Help me with that, right? And I would also ask other world changers who have been in the same boat. I've mentioned that three times today and I've mentioned it for a reason because the power of community, it can change things. Because other world changers who've been there, not only are they telling you what is okay, but they're also giving you strategies and tools and tips. And they're giving you the assurances that they've been there and they understand. And they've probably felt the same way or very close to the same way that you felt. So you're not on your own. You're not on an island. So world changers, at the end of the day, can an expressive language delay cause increased parent stress? It absolutely can based on, again, the level of severity based on how severe the expressive language delay is, if there's behaviors coming along with it, if you even think that it's a problem, if there's other stressors that are going on around you, again, life happens. Are there environmental things? Is there food insecurities? Is there housing insecurities? Are there people around you who are super judgmental and not very helpful in your community? Are you and your parenting partner not on the same page? Those pre-existing stressors can definitely contribute to you having increased stress. But I want you to know, at the end of the day, world changer, it doesn't matter what's causing the stress. What matters is that you're getting the help and you're acknowledging and you're getting proactive. And the only way that we can debunk myths like this, that parent stress is not a thing and it's not okay and this is a normal part of parenting, from some aspects it is. But if you feel like you're always in murky waters, then that's not normal. And I really, really encourage you to go out there and find some tools, find some support, get some help, get proactive, do what you need to do to make sure that you're the best you that you could be for you, your sugar and your family. And so let's not let this thing consume your life, right? And even though I didn't bring like hard number research in there, I just didn't feel the need that we needed to do that. But overall, the research just simply says that Depending on the parent, they have stress. Depending on the situation, they can have stress. Some of, some, of them, some of them do, some of them don't. It really just depends. And I try not to throw out too much when it comes to things like that because then it becomes overgeneralized. And that means I'm taking one idea and applying that to all y'all. And I don't believe in that, y'all. So we ain't even going there today. At the end of the day, here's my point. Get help. Don't matter. Like if you feel stressed out, you can't cope, get help. You only know what you can handle, what's tolerable for you, what works for you. And you know, if it, you know, it could be the most severe case of an expressive language delay and it might not bother you at all. It might not be a big deal at all because it's just not a deal and you're doing what you need to do. And so either place, wherever you fall, I just want to make sure you're good. Also, join the interest list for my upcoming book. Watch me connecting to your child through play. This book is everything that you need to know 
in order to connect during play, monitor early milestones. It has practical step-by-step tips like Lucy won't sit down for story time or what do I do when Kyle won't play with me? He's a toy hoarder or my playroom looks like Toys R Us and I can't cope. My sugar won't touch nothing. How do I deal with this? I'm going to answer all of those hard questions and much, much more. So as soon as you're done here, click on the link below and join the movement of intentional parenting for the month of October. Yes, we're in October, technically. But for the rest of the month of October, you asked, and guess what, y'all? I listen, and I've got answers. For the rest of the month, I'm going to be asking questions that you guys have been asking me, sending to me, stuff I've been hearing, and I'm going to just answer questions. So next week, I'm going to answer the question, my toddler keeps getting suspended from preschool because of their behavior. Help. Oh my, I can't wait to get into this one. There are so many perspectives, tips, tools, and just junk I'm gonna bring to the table. You don't wanna miss this one. Share it with a friend. And please keep sending in questions. I love talking about your questions. I love reading your questions. I love giving you guys answers because it makes me happy to know that you guys are getting the tools that you need to connect, grow, and learn with your sugars. And most importantly, it's nice to always have a different perspective. It's just nice to have a different set of ears and a different set of eyes. So that's what I'm here for, to be that happy, healthy sounding board for (laughs) y'all. It makes my life happy. So world changers, shorter episode today. No worries about that. It was jam packed full of the information that you needed at the end of the day. Now you know that, well, expressive language delay could possibly or unpossibly, that's not even a word. Either way, it may or may not cause stress. That's what we got out of that today, y'all. World Changers, I'll see y'all next week. Until the next time, take care.